Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season on the podcast, we are pausing to remember and reflect. Remember the key people and events in the good and hard seasons of life, and reflect on God's provision, goodness, and grace. We'll hear from old and new friends, even some that are no longer living, about God's unchanging nature through it all. So go for a hike, book a trip to Ireland, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with our gal, Mel Cooknickel. She has been on the podcast before, and we're excited to have her in to help us set the stage for this season and talk more about it. What is it? It's a fantastic conversation, and it really opens up to the upcoming season in a really great way. So enjoy. Our list will mom, because Cheryl's gone. True. You're my only oh. mom now. Okay, how many moms do you have? <laughs> I would say I have three. My real mom, you, and my friend's mom, Colleen. Mm. Yeah. Mm. How many moms it's do you have, Ainsley? Cool. <laughs> just Mel. <laughs> just- okay, anyways, we're going to dive in. Mel, thank you so much for joining us. Mm-hmm. You have been on beforehand, and you can go back and listen to Mel talk about the wilderness. I forget when that was. It was a, a little bit ago. Yeah. It was in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. It was in the wilderness. Completely lost track of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it was last summer. The wilderness is grace. Yeah. Yeah, that's come back to me a lot. But thanks so much for joining us again. We really appreciate this and you. Um, so to start off, we're going to ask you some fun facts. So where did you grow up? I grew up, my first year was just outside of Shakespeare, but all of my growing up years were on a little farm outside of Roxeter, right here mm. in this community. So Roxeter. Roxeter. I didn't actually know that. I was born, like when I was born, we lived in Roxeter. No way. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, fun. Um, what is your ideal day? Oh, it depends on the season, right? Mm. (laughs) Because some days I could just like sit in bed. Honestly, you know, my kids make fun of me because I don't like getting out of bed early in the morning. So now that they're all high school or older, they make their own lunch. They can look after themselves. They maybe sometimes come up and say goodbye to me before they leave. But just laying in bed, thinking and praying and like slow starter Mm. for sure. Um, but then to go for a hike or an adventure somewhere, kayak, hike, just play outside would be ideal. Mm. Mm. Love it. If you could have dinner with three people dead or alive, who would they be? Oh, I'm so man. interested to hear this answer. I have wanted for the longest time to meet Eugene Peterson. Mm. And like, I don't mean like just meet him, but I mean like sit with him, talk with him, like just sit at his feet and just let his wisdom mm-hmm. pour over me. Uh, like, let him say, ask me any question you want, Mal. And like, I just sit there and ask and ask and ask. And mm-hmm. yeah, he's one for sure. Um, and I think Mother Teresa is another one that I would just love to sit at her feet. Um, and all mine, like, they have, they very much have to do with faith. Um but I, yeah, I think those those people, Henry Nouwen, again, would mm. be Dietrich Bonhoeffer, if I could bring oh. him back to life and go, <gasps> like, tell me more. I mm. just, I learned so much from um, your writings. I just, I want to know you as a person. But yeah. Mm. There's so many. How could you stop yeah, at three? I know. Exactly. We had to cap it off somehow. But <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm reading Bonhoeffer right now. And I'm, oh, man. Yeah, I just I'm having I yeah I haven't talked about it. I'm literally just like soaking, soaking it in, <laughs> processing as we go, kind of. But yeah, yeah, it's just so well done. Yeah, um, amazing. Okay, where is the best place you've been to? Hmm. I think my favorite trip would be with Ross to Ireland for our 25th anniversary. Mm. Um, and maybe partly because it was one of the only times we've been alone together without kids on like when we travel. Um, but we could just kind of take off whenever we were ready. We could explore. We had no responsibilities for anybody else. And just the mountain hikes and 
ocean views and everything was just incredible about that trip. Mm. Yeah. It's on Ireland is an amazing oh, place yeah. to go. It's on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay. If you had a parallel life, the life you have now complete, you don't need to throw it away. Um, but if you could choose a different life, what would you want to do or what would you want it to look like? That's a really, that's a deep question. <laughs> I don't know. I think I often say that if I stop working at Youth Unlimited, I'll just be a full-time pastor. Mm-hmm. That's really what, what, where my heart is. Um, but I think, you know, I could easily have a plant uh, business just growing things in the garden and selling them and connecting with people over them. And that, I think that could also be one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Getting dirty fingers in the ground and mm. planting seeds and watching them grow. and mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. That's cool. Nice. Well, aside from those fun facts, tell us about yourself and what <clears throat> life looks like for you right now. Mm. Um, wow, that's maybe a harder question. <laughs> uh, and you might cut this. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) What does life look like right now? Um, I work for Youth Unlimited, YFC, here in North Perth with you amazing women. Um, I do that part-time, and I pastor part-time a little church called Journey. Um, I am a mom of four kids and have been married 29 years this year. Oh. And, um, yeah. Life is good. So many, so many parts to it. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's fun. I mean, I I knew all those things. I've known you for a few years, Uh a few years. Did you know that me and her son went to school in like grade two together? No, I was going to ask like Uh how long, like I knew like when you were in high school that you were kind of a youth leader-ish around that time. Yeah. But early, she's my junior youth leader and my like, well, like kids club, like, like you would have been high voltage. So like yeah. that kind of grade four or five ish age. When did you come to the church where we were? Grade four, five ish. Okay. I think okay. like some, I don't remember exactly somewhere in that grade three, four, five ish range, but yeah, me and Kate and I think had a class. Like, I think we were in classes together when I was in grade one or two yeah. at Alma. So, yeah. so yeah, a long time mm-hmm. that I've known. I remember when you guys are pregnant with Aria, so. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that <laughs> crazy wild. to think about? Yeah. yeah. How is it for you then, Mel, watching, like, it, like now working with Ainsley? Yeah. It's so cool. Like, it's so crazy <laughs> yeah. to, to, and I couldn't remember that, Ainsley. Like, I would have thought that you were around already when I started coordinating the nursery. Like, I thought that you were one of those kids that's been around forever mm. as I kind of did lay ministry before I went off to school yeah. for, uh, to seminary. But, um, because I remember tracking with those kids all the way through. Mm. So, Yeah. It is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's cool to have so much perspective on the person's life. Yeah. And I don't know how you feel, Ainsley, but like watching, being able to see Ainsley and like, I've always known her heart to serve and always seen those things mm. in her. So to see how that's developed over the years and like, I haven't stayed the same. I've changed too. So yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's pretty neat just to see kind of how, how growth happens. <laughs> that's really cool. See, she uh-huh. is like my list one mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool yeah that's fun well we're excited to dive in into the season and uh i mean mel is isn't another work friend um and uh sort of an unofficial member of the the podcast team too in the uh we call them water cooler conversations or meetings that (laughs) drift on to conversations about faith and god and life and um, yeah, so, so Mel's been behind the scenes in this season and just asking questions and talking and filtering things out. And we love sometimes to meet with her and just say, this is what we're thinking. What do you think? And so it's been really cool. So as we dive into this season of looking back and reflecting and, and reflecting on the, like things in our own life, but also on the people um, that have been back, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, but you know, just something that has been so on my mind since this season started is like 
picturing like the life of a plant of like growth of this, like there is a season for everything. You know, there's a season for things to die and a season for things to grow back and, and all those pieces and, and how even in our own faith journey, even in the global faith journey, in the historical faith journey, that there's just these different seasons of life and growth and need and they're different and that's okay. Um, and so what does that look like as we kind of filter through um, the seasons and, and, and those different things? And I mean, there's so many metaphors, like so many metaphors you can just kind of think yeah. of in those things. But, um, you know, that's one for us as we reflect on this. So uh, I don't even have a really specific question, but like tell us some of our thoughts about that. Like, like I don't know, set the scene or, or, or reflect on that. Like, why do you think it's so good to talk about these things and to start the conversation with like, growth and so yeah like I think maybe this was one of those water cooler conversations where we started talking about just you know why is it important to talk about seasons what what meaning does seasons have and and I remember saying like well I think it's just part of the natural life cycle that there are seasons to our growth, right? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the one of the um, little quips we had was about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, just the sense that this guy Maslow um, developed this kind of scale of what he thought uh, were the primary needs of each stage of the life cycle. So you know, you go through. Um, infancy and what what happens during infancy how are you formed into adulthood from that stage of infancy and he made this pyramid sort of of needs and and looked at how well when you're an infant you need food and water you have very very basic needs or obviously milk (laughs) You, you need certain things and if they're provided for well you develop a sense of trust and and the stability that you can trust your environment you can trust the people around you and if it's not provided you lack that very basic human need for trust. Mm -hmm. And at the next season of life, you know, you enter into childhood and what happens in childhood is sort of safety needs. Like, is it safe to explore? Can you get out there in the world and and test things and experiment with things? And you can imagine a little toddler, you know, waddling along on the floor and banging their head on the table. Well, if that, if the, the, the circumstances around them are safe and they can explore, well, getting banged up a little bit, that's part of childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they learn, oh, this is a good world. I can get out and explore this. I can I can touch things. I can, I can manipulate things. I can manage things. If they don't have an environment like that, if it is not safe, um, they, they won't learn how to explore. They won't learn that the world is safe. And it, and it affects every, of, every one of these levels sort of affects who you can become as a mature adult, how you develop into maturity that these seasons really do affect you and become a part of you. Um, in your adolescence, you're looking at identity, identity formation. And, and if that adolescent season resolves itself well, you come out the other side feeling okay about who you are and you know what you're capable of. And if it doesn't, you don't. Um, but Maslow was a psychologist, right? So kind of looking at the natural, uh, psychological human life stages. And it comes to a pyramid at the very top where you get through these stages of the life cycle and you become a full, adapted human adult. <laughs> and it's not the goal. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm, an I'm adult. there yet. <laughs> <laughs> but the goal, as he put it, was self-actualization. Mm-hmm. That you would, if all these other levels of the pyramid are fulfilled at the natural stage or season that you meet them, you will become this adult that can fully actualize all of your potential. It's all available to you and you can become this full human being. Um, and then at, like with any model, there's all the questions, right? Like, well, that doesn't always happen as a sequence like that, or sometimes there's side road trips or whatever, but there's a natural rhythm. And so I think that was one of the conversations, right? That mm-hmm. got us started talking yeah. about. So like, what are the seasons of faith? Yeah. What, what is the purpose of faith? Is the purpose of faith um, to be this self-actualized human being that's, you know, mature in, in adulthood? Um, and that maybe sometimes those things get confusing, right? Like, um, what is the purpose of faith? And and we started talking then about like, well, what is the purpose of faith? What what it, what are the stages of faith formation and faith development? How do we grow? And um, that they really relate to seasons. 
So I, 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 what I remember of that conversation is that then we, we talked about um, how, like, what are, what are the stages? Do you, do you guys remember that conversation? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the stages of spiritual formation? How yeah. do we grow if we really believe the biblical record that, that the purpose of our human life is to kind of retrieve this indelibly marked image of God and become more like him. And we know now that Christ is the full image of that invisible God. So to become more like Christ in our in our ways in the world, we begin to live into that way that we're going to eternally rule as Christ-like um, people into eternity, right? So if we believe that, then what? how do we become that? What are the stages of that? <laughs> so like if we toss that out on the table, what do you think are the stages of of maturity? How do we become mature Christians? How how do we grow? That's a good question, Mel. <laughs> and uh I don't like the answer, but I think suffering has a big part of it. And I think too, like as we've we had have had lots of conversations about that. And it's interesting looking back on my own life and the own my own suffering looking like it does in different ways. It's like, yeah, like I would, I would go through that again if I knew where I'm at now in my faith. And so suffering, like it's not, yeah, it's not fun though. And it's not to tie a bow around it, but I really think that's a big, a big part of it. Even our last conversation about wilderness, that's hard when you're in those seasons. Um, and it's not necessarily a guarantee that you are going to grow. Um, but it's, it's a good opportunity to do that. Yeah. So then, Jen, if that's the case, if if suffering is one of those seasons of growth that that are part of becoming Christ-like, then um, and I would say the scriptures definitely affirm that. <laughs> okay. You know, <laughs> <laughs> We've had that conversation yes. before, though, too. Yeah. Scripture definitely affirms. You know, mm. c- consider it joy when trials come, guys. This is how your faith becomes deeper this is how your roots go down into the soil of who you need to become and there's all kinds of metaphors for that mm-hmm. um but if that's true then what would you say to someone like okay now go look for some suffering because that's going to mature you or like you know how how does that happen mm. Mm. and i would say i really sorry Ainsley, you were going to say something it's such an interesting <clears throat> thought because actually when you guys were talking about that, I'm like, Hazel's hierarchy of needs, which is stuck in my head from papers I've done. I'm getting PTSD. Um, <laughs> but like this idea of like you look for the places you're missing, you fill them in and then you move on. And it's not, I mean, they know that it's not that simple, but it's sort of this like step-by-step process. And when we say that suffering is part of needed formation and needed growth in order to do that, it's like, Suffering isn't a step by step. Mm-hmm. Suffering doesn't mm-hmm. come in and you're like, you know, we're not going to do something in order to create suffering. Um mm-hmm. and, and so then I think it just you're like, oh yeah, this upside down kingdom, it's like it doesn't really make sense because it's like you're not going to necessarily pursue suffering for the sake of suffering and yet you know, I I mean, I don't know, this is me sort of now processing out loud if you will like is this you know participating in the suffering of others is this participating in the suffering of Christ because I think that sometimes suffering isn't our own but it's it's part of our life and and Christ certainly cared about the suffering people and that was a big part of you know the kingdom of God is coming and in that we proclaim good news to the poor and freedom for the captives and 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 so you know that can be part of it but yeah, that's a tough one. So how do yeah. you do that? How do you then be like, okay, time to suffer? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. And how do you how do you live those seasons? Do you just do they just come at you and you live through them? How do you prepare for those? How, you know, um can you imagine if if we knew that we lived in winter and you come your child's first winter, you just send them out in the cold and you expect them to adapt? to the cold. Well, no, of course we don't do that, right? We teach our kids about winter. We teach them 
you know, it's a season where you wear a coat and you wear mitts and you wear a hat because if you don't, you can get freezer burn. Like you can actually burn the cells of your of your body. So you have to look after yourself. You when you see this stuff, it's really slippery. It's called ice. And if you're not careful, you will fall and you will really get badly hurt. Um, don't fall asleep in the snow. I know it's really fun when we're out here building ports and stuff, but don't fall asleep out here because that's really dangerous. Like you you teach we teach our kids about winter and the seasons because we need them to understand how to live into them. We don't just mm-hmm. expect them to now transmit all that information I just taught you so that um, other people can know about winter. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, guys, I feel like, okay, so how, how does God show us what those seasons are? How do we live into the seasons? And it turns out if we look at Scripture, there was always seasons, Right. The, the Hebrew people were instructed at Mount Sinai about, okay, guys, I want you to get into this rhythm now. Can you guys picture mm. the movie Hitch where where the guy goes, um, uh, Will Smith is in it, and he's instructing a guy who's fallen in love with this celebrity, mm. and he wants to meet her, and he wants to marry her, and this is Hitch's job. Anyway, yeah, he he's teaching this guy, this is where you live now. And he's snapping his fingers and he's dancing like just sidestep to sidestep. I don't want to see any more of this crazy stuff. This is where you live Mm. now. And I feel like that's what Yahweh was doing at Mount Sinai. Okay, guys, I know you just came out of Egypt. You got all kinds of ideas about what life is about. But no, 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 listen. This is Mm. where you live now. This is how I want you to get in on what I'm doing in the world. And it has to do with sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with seasons of festivals. You know, there were three festivals. There was a festival at Passover to commemorate this this mass exodus coming out of Egypt. There was a festival of um, first fruits at, at what we now call Pentecost, where, um, you know, you, you celebrate the giving of the law as grace to you, his provision to you for how now to live his way. And there was a festival later on in the year where they celebrated... Um, the, the harvest. And now those were festivals and there were like weekly rhythms, right? You work six days, you have a day of rest. There was um, a seven year rhythm for the land where you give it a rest every seventh year. And there was even like a 50 year um, complete reset of socio socioeconomic realities in that society where every 50th year is the year of Jubilee. So they were given these instructions to prepare for, okay, this is where you live now. This is how it's going to look when you live under my rule. And I wonder if sometimes we look at all of that as information so that we can teach it rather than understanding, no, like it's God's invitation to live in a new reality, mm-hmm. to prepare us for the seasons so that we can live into them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the Hebrew people had this calendar. When the Christian church um, began, when when Jesus was the one that we now, oh, this is the fulfillment of this whole story. This is actually God's kingdom rule coming to earth. This is where he, he restores it all. It was natural for the church then to begin to live the seasons of Christ's life. And ever since, the church has been instructing us about how to live Advent. What does it look like to wait for the coming King? What does it look like to wait for His return? And then we go through a season of His birth, and we and we celebrate the King has come. And then we have a a, a week of Epiphany. Um, we won't go in, get into all that. <laughs> the The church then goes into a season of ordinary time. We're waiting between his birth and and the fulfillment of all the promises that God has left with us. And that brings us to Lent, which is a season of, of walking towards Jerusalem mm-hmm. and facing, like you said, Jen, a season of recognizing that, oh, God's kingdom wasn't going to come in all the glorious, wonderful, easy, rosy ways we thought it was going to come through suffering. Mm-hmm. And, and then it enters into Easter and the resurrection, and then a whole season of ordinary time Mm. where we learn to live the instruction of Christ and how he's left us to follow. And it starts all over again with Advent and the birth. And we, the Christian church, follows these seasons. Mm. 
But there's always been seasons. And I think if we don't live in the seasons, we get unmoored. We get sort of unattached. We get maybe even unprepared for what life mm. looks like when we get in on what God is doing in the world. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't want to leave this conversation without saying, okay, so what does it look like to, we, we just touched on it. What is our model of spiritual maturity? How do we go there? And we, we had talked before about, you know, how, what well, justification by what yes. you believe mm-hmm. and sanctification by the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. work in you and then glorification. That's, that's sort of the common Protestant Christian mm-hmm. model of maturity, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of that, looking at, okay, what were the seasons that the Hebrew people, the disciples lived through? Mm-hmm. They were seasons of Exodus where God just does something. You know, oh my gosh, God just did something. And you can probably expect within three days after the Exodus that and, and when God's invitation to you is now come and know me, mm-hmm. you start complaining and wishing you could go back to your old life because mm-hmm. it's t- like just... Okay, those were the seasons of the people of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gotta we gotta find our story and we gotta find out where we are based on what he's already given us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just words so that we could teach everybody else his word. It's his words so that we know how to live into the seasons. Mm-hmm. It's like we've forgotten to practice it. Like got out step. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to Mike and Shane's episode and they're talking about I think they're talking about this in the context of freedom, but this idea of a kite, right? Like the wind is not, or the kite isn't keeping itself up. The wind is keeping it up and it's being grounded. Mm. I think we've, we've kind of let go of the string. Like we know these things, but we've forgotten to actually ground it in word and in action. Like we've forgotten to actually like practice this as following the rhythm of Jesus and not from like just knowing it to it being a part of our community and the way that we do church and the way that we love one another and serve each other and, and all those things. Like, I think that's what's been most transformational in me and continues to be is that like, and I'm not pointing the finger that this it's this person's fault or mm-hmm. this church's right, fault. Like yeah. it's not that mm-hmm. right. But I, missed it until honestly COVID has been very like before, just before COVID was like this God extending this invitation to like know him more in a quiet place without the distraction of an audience. And so as you're describing this, my mind's going a mile a minute all over the place as it normally does. And I need to go on walks and verbal process and all those things. But yeah, like it's, it's so rich and I don't think that I realized how rich it was until, yeah, I experienced hard things and was forced to learn it or, yeah, whatever else. Yeah, good conversations and whatever. Yeah, those are my thoughts. And that really strikes <laughs> me too, Jen, because I think, you know, what you're describing is head knowledge mm-hmm. that's not connected with how we live. Mm-hmm. That, that for some reason it became a lot about what we know to be true and what we stand on as truth, sort of like the conversation that I that I said about, you know, teaching your kids about winter. You don't teach your kids about winter so that they can go on to the next person and teach that kid about winter. Mm-hmm. You teach them about winter so they are prepared for living in the season. Yeah. And the same is true about faith. Have our words just become words that we mm-hmm. give to people so they know how to teach somebody else about it? Or are they words that are actually anchoring them in how to become more Christ-like and live out the image of God, which is the destiny, it's the full realization of every human being. Mm-hmm. And and that that has some very different tweaks and turns along the way mm-hmm. that are called seasons. We could call them seasons. Mm-hmm. I want you to be prepared to live into them mm-hmm. so that when you find yourself there, you're not confused or shocked or disoriented or mm-hmm. given up your faith. No. This is a season yeah. in the story of the people of God. And and here's how here's how we can begin to learn anyway to mm-hmm. live into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, like and we maybe touched on this in the last one about like the wilderness of like you will find yourself in these places, whether you I mean call it whatever, if you know, for the biblical people, it was the wilderness, mm-hmm. it was exile, it was scattering, it was silence, it was mm-hmm. waiting, wandering, so many things. And and that was actually part of that. And when we can live and know that that was what the way of Jesus and what the walk mm-hmm. of, of God is, then you, when you're there, like you said, you're prepared, not 
like when we think about, you know, you don't want to call, I'm not going to call it practicing suffering, but being aware that that is part of it. And so you get there and you're like, okay, God is here. It's mm. not a, when, when you, when you've just learned about X, Y, Z, and you come to this place, you're like, where are you, God? Mm-hmm. You've let me down. You've disappointed me, you know? And, and in reality, it's, it's the, what we've learned or, or been prepared for that has then led to this like mm-hmm. disappointment and letting of things. And it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. When you think about the community of Israel being God's people, and we always, we always say these words that Jesus is the fulfillment of Israel. But think about it. Jesus is the fulfillment of Israel because he lived Israel's life in a perfect covenant way. The way that was desirable for them to live. They didn't get it right. And, and that was okay. God, ne- God knew they would never get it right. So God provided the perfect Israel in Jesus. The perfect son of God, the perfect child of God was provided for us. So that now we live in those footsteps and we see the right way to live through the wilderness. We see through him the right way to live through suffering. Mm -hmm. We see the right way to live through um, all of those seasons of Israel's childhood, adolescence, grown up, mature adulthood. Mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Mm. And so I think the powerful thing for us to see, sort of, you know, if we if we look for models of sp- of spiritual maturity, I would say one that I grew up with was, well, you you're justified by your faith, you are sanctified by the work of the Holy Spirit in you, and you are glorified. There was those three words that were tossed around a lot when we talked about like how do you become a mature Christian? What mm-hmm. is the goal of this Christian life? Well, that's it in a nutshell. And we took those words out of Romans. Um, and other places. Yeah. But, I, but as I look at it now, I think, okay, so those are really big words, words that I'm not sure we really completely understand <laughs> until we get in on the seasons of life and the walk of the people of God at times like the Exodus, where you go, oh, God just did something. There's no mistaking it. We didn't do this ourselves. Mm -hmm. This is the result of someone bigger than us who cares about us and who just delivered us from this thing. And and that Exodus season leads to a wilderness season where you got to figure out who is God and and who am I and how do we live together? What does he want from me? And how how do I live this life? And it turns out that the the wilderness wanderings are always intended for the promised land. They're Mm. always going in that direction, but we can spend a lot of time in there if we don't learn how to trust. Mm. And, um, you know, you have, you have covenant making seasons, you have covenant renewal seasons, you have warnings of the prophets seasons, you have exile seasons and, and they're all there for us to learn how to how to how to follow this one that we call God? How to live into His um, intentions? I don't know. If that's a fair statement. I don't know how often do we talk about our choices during the suffering, right? I know for me, when I was sick, very intense physical suffering that came with a lot of emotional, spiritual. It was just not a good time. But I also know, looking back, that there's choices that I had to either accept the invitation that God was extending to me or to not, not, and I, and I did both. Right. But can you talk about that for a little bit of like the fact that we have a choice in the invitations that God, like we're not a victim to necessarily. So again, my brain's going all over the place because there's horrible things that happen to people that is just like, not that's, that's horrible. So I'm very aware of that, but yeah, I don't even, I don't have a specific question, but just talk about our choice in it. That's a really good question, Jen. And what we do with those seasons is so, you know, overall, I keep thinking, yeah, overall, Jesus was the only child of God who got it right mm. in the seasons. 
And the reality is, I think the beautiful picture, I thing I keep coming back to all the time in scripture is that they tell the truth. They tell how they got it wrong. Look at the disciples. Um, Peter's like, yeah, and I cut off some guy's ear. And Jesus was like, get behind me, Satan. Like, you know, yeah. how many of us tell the truth in our mm, seasons? Right. We, we would try to hide. Oh, that's really embarrassing. I can't mm. believe I did that. That was not the kingdom way, and it wasn't going to bring the kingdom. Jesus had to rebuke me a little there. Like, mm. okay, well, good. You know, that's a season of humility that's brought about because you didn't know what, you didn't know his way. Now you do. Mm. That's good. <laughs> um, so first that, that Jesus is the mm-hmm. one who gets it right. His disciples are not. The people of God in Israel were not. Mm. That's never the case. They no. don't ever set themselves up like that to say, we got it right and you all need to follow us. No, they're very clear. We mm-hmm. all get it wrong. Mm-hmm. There is only one who got, who gets it right. And that's why we got to follow him because mm-hmm. he makes us more like him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other part of that is just um, how, how do we accept those seasons better and what are they all about? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I often go back to numbers and I remember that in numbers, um, their numbers were the same at the beginning and the end of their story. And they thought that the enemies in the promised land were too powerful for them, right? They were afraid. The 12 spies went in. They said, no, we can't take it. These guys are monsters. You should see the size of their grapes, like they're the size of my head. I, you know, we can't do this. And, and what, what grew in them through their wilderness wanderings was not their numbers and their capability and their strength. They didn't mm. do like workouts every day to mm-hmm. get stronger. What grew was their trust. Mm. And then they were ready to move past the wilderness season into the promised land. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of a hard tension between mm-hmm. how do we both accept that Jesus is the only one who gets it right. But also our responses matter. Mm -hmm. They can be part of bringing the kingdom or not. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a good question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It sort of shifts a bit from just like formation as you learn to do X, Y, Z, the right thing into saying it's, it's more about the participation Mm -hmm. in Christ. And that's in, in Christ's glory, in Christ's suffering, mm-hmm. in in all of those pieces, and and like you said, you have that choice to say, "I'm, I'm gonna participate." Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I'm learning more that that requires us to kind of bring and be the. It, it's it's no individual. I mean, Christ was the only individual mm-hmm. that could do all of this, mm-hmm. but we're talking about like the body of Christ. It's not, you know little Ainsley going and participating in everything and her, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, like this like communal piece of we get to kind of do this together. It kind of opens it up because it's like personal formation. Yes. Christ needs to work on me for sure. Yeah, Yeah. me too. However, (laughs) it's the formation too of like the body of moving in the right direction together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was always communal formation. Yeah. Always. Yes. Mm. And that's maybe another thing where our individual values and the American dream, what what are the, you know, as we kind of started out this conversation talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, this, this goal of what does it mean to be a, a full human being? Mm-hmm. And clearly our culture would say, that well, individual self-actualization is what humanity is all about. If, yeah. if if you can get to be a mature adult, that's what you are focused on. That's what your desire is. That's what the goal is. And the American dream, you know, be whatever you want to be. And if you work hard enough, you're going to be able to succeed and excel. And you can you can be anything. Um, and and that is not the goal of. Christian maturity, if we look at Jesus' life, his glorification, the ultimate moment where he showed us what God's image looks like in its fullness was the cross Mm -hmm. (laughs) and his complete laying down of his life so that others could live. That's glorification. Mm -hmm. That's the Shekinah glory of God come to earth. Like, what? Mm -hmm. That's a pretty high calling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it just reminds me of like the Israelites' expectations of like a great king is gonna mm-hmm. save us, riding on this like majestic horse. And then you look at like the reality of Jesus riding in on a donkey, and his enthronement was on a cross, not on an actual throne, mm-hmm. right? Like crowned with not a real crown, but a crown of thorns. Mm-hmm. It's a good reminder for me to to check my heart and what of like hold up. What are you considering successful right now? Yeah. That's yeah. convicting. <laughs> oh. I was, was going to say, Jen, you know, that's why I love their stories because mm. on the way to Jerusalem, the disciples are fighting about, yeah. I'm sitting on the right and you're sitting on the left and like on the way to the cross, that's their conversations. Mm. And I, and I stop too. And I think, oh, Mel, where are you mm. still focused on being an individual and actualizing your potential and, you know, instead of becoming a community of believers that will live the way Jesus taught us mm-hmm. so that others can see his kingdom and how beautiful it would be if we human beings all submitted our lives to him being Lord and King and allowed him to break through our mm-hmm. selfish individualism and our, our ache for sitting on the right and left in the kingdom mm-hmm. glory yeah. and, and really becoming servants to each other, Mm -hmm. to the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That'd be the Shekinah glory of God, wouldn't it? Yeah. As exciting. Yeah. It, 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 again, I think of like, even just the Holy spirit in the work. And I think sometimes too, we're like, yeah, I'm going to spend this time in my Bible. I'm going to spend this time in prayer or practicing good things. But Sometimes it's still to that idea of like, so that I can have this outcome, like that idea of like, I mean, I think that training has some good parallels and, you know, Paul talks about, you know, running Mm -hmm. the right race and things like that Mm -hmm. and those comparisons. But I think, like you said, in a modern context, that means something so different Mm -hmm. now of just like, we are going to get to personal victory when I, you know, I've reached this specific relationship with God or this, or like, we're like doing it for the fruit more Uh than just laying down our Uh lives. Uh Yeah. It's like the Christian version of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of right. It's like, you know, Mm. let's climb up the mountain until we get to the top and the top in, in some ways, I think sometimes we're chasing the wrong thing. You know, is it God's glory or, or our own glory mm. with my Christian necklace on or something, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, I'm like taking it to an extreme, but it's like, I think that formation too is it's it's not formation so that we can get to the side and be like, we did all the right things so that we could get here. It's like, no, like God is forming in me and my, mm. yeah. And we're not really getting to the top of the mountain. We're getting to the cross. Mm-hmm. Well, like Jesus said, you know, whoever wants to be great among you mm-hmm. will learn to be the servant of all. Mm-hmm. It is an upside down kingdom, mm-hmm. but we still want to play it by the cultural rules. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. We, like the Pharisees and like <laughs> Jesus, like, don't do fasting like that guy <laughs> who makes himself look a little sick. Yeah. Do it like this and so nobody knows yeah. that you're doing it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And that's why I think seasons are so important to talk about because it's not like the pyramid of Maslow's hierarchy where, okay, just take this step and believe these things and tick off these boxes of reading your Bible every day. That's not how you get to be a mature Christian. And I'm not saying for a second that some of those things aren't essential. Like yeah. they're, they're important. Mm-hmm. Yes. Read, read God's word. You know why? So you can find yourself in his story. So that you can be formed to be like him. Mm -hmm. So that you take, you receive all the gifts he has for you, for your walk today. Um, Yeah, but but not with that cultural standard of, okay, American dream. I can become everything (laughs) I'm supposed to be in my Christian glorification Mm. if I. No, just learn to live in the seasons Mm -hmm. that he brings you through. And submit to his lordship in each and every one of them. And each of them looks very different. There's no two seasons alike. Mm-hmm. And what's required of us in those seasons changes. But the words are there, not just so we can dictate a historical document of how God revealed himself. They're there so we learn to live in the seasons of them. Mm. And that's a pretty big gift. Yeah. Oof, I'm going to have to go on a big walk after this. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I am. I'm like, are we? Are are you going to sleep, Jen? Is no, no. <laughs> it's just good. Like I think. Um, yeah, I think I'm just surprised with how easy it is for me to slip into that thinking, even with Bible reading, right? Like, oh, got to do it to check off the box, right? It's like, no, 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 no. That's not why I'm doing it. And yeah, I'm doing the literally exact same thing, but the posture of my mind and heart are different. Yeah. And uh, I think I just surprise myself sometimes with how easy it is for me to go back to the quote unquote old way or yeah. of how I view success, even with the quote unquote Christian lens that we, uh, yeah. 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 And I like what you said, Ainsley, about maturity of a community. Mm. Um, you know, if, if we really are um, being formed to become more like Christ in, in community with each other, in what we call the church, um, then we should see the seasons of the people of God going on in our midst. We should see the seasons of Exodus, um, wilderness, um, promise making and covenant renewal, and um, probably exile. Um, you know, those are the seasons that we should anticipate. We mm-hmm. we see um, if we're living the American dream, we should expect to see people who are living the American dream having what they want, when they want it, how they want it, um, living as an individual for the purpose of self-actualization. Yeah. And it makes me ask, what, what, what are we seeing? And that doesn't have to be answered in this podcast. It is a rhetorical question. You can answer for yourself. For, for, Take for, this time to pause. <laughs> it's, it's for my mirror. Mm-hmm. What are we seeing? Mm-hmm. What am I seeing in the mirror? Mm. Am I seeing the seasons of God being worked out in my life, in my submission to him? Or am I seeing my striving for self-actualization yeah. and my individual reality? Mm. And I hope, by God's grace, continuing to be formed in his likeness. Mm. Not the likeness of a culture. Mm. Mm. That's a good mirror. I'm just thinking on a practical level. That's a good mirror to hold up as you make decisions, whether it's decisions about your future, education, where you're going to live, your purchases. That's a really good mirror to hold up when you're, as you go about your day-to-day things. How's that? What do you mean? I just think of like, am I, am I doing X, Y, Z to achieve Mm. the American dream Mm -hmm. or is, am I doing this to continue to participate with Jesus and, and say yes to the invitation he extends to me Mm -hmm. to participate in the way that he lived life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just a thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe too then, Jen, what do we expect to get out of our seasons? You know, mm-hmm. like I can still go into a se- <laughs> I can still go into a season of winter fully or wilderness or exile or whatever, fully expecting, oh yeah, on the other side of this is spring, baby. Like I get to bloom, right? I get to bloom. And now, Mel, like you're still missing the point of this season <laughs> where I'm making you more into my likeness Mm -hmm. and I'll choose what that looks like on the other side. This isn't about us. This isn't about me. It's not about my celebrity, my fame, my glory, my money, my, it's not about me. It's Mm -hmm. about God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And could that be the product of our maturity Mm -hmm. and the seasons that we come through Mm -hmm. It's almost like a complete letting go of, Oh yeah. Uh, this isn't necessarily going to make me more famous or me better or me. Probably none of those things. This is about how you get to transform me into your likeness so that I'm more useful to yeah. your kingdom. There's a Wesleyan prayer that is a beautiful example of all of that submission in the seasons, guys. It goes, I, I forget what the words exactly are, but something like, you can lay me aside. You can, you can do whatever you want with me. I'm yours. Mm. And the humility in that prayer to just offer yourself completely 
yeah, it's not about me. You might put me under. You might lift me up. You mm-hmm. might lay me aside. Is mm-hmm. It's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. I should show you that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, it reminds me of, we're going through the survival guide for the soul. And, um, oh, who was it? St. Ignatius, mm. who founded all these, him and a group of people founded all these hospitals and universities. And somebody asked him, like, what would you do if, uh, if your university shut down or however it went? It's like, I hope it wouldn't take me like five minutes to get more than five minutes to get over it. I'm like, Phew. wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your life's work. Your yes. life's work. Everything you did. So yeah. much time. Yeah. And yeah. I think mm. but I was actually, it's funny. I was thinking about um, the chapter after that. And, and we were talking about this with some of our students last week. And it was Billy Graham. And, you know, we all like rah, rah, Billy Graham. I mean, he did some great things. I'm not uh, saying we shouldn't. But yeah. it, it said that they asked him, you know, who is the greatest Christian alive right now? And he said, you have no idea their name. Mm. We will never know their name. And, and I like, you know, I say it again. When I read it, I got chills and I think about that. that and it's like, no, it's but the people through them will know his name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there I see the goal Mm -hmm. and it doesn't look like the top of a pyramid, Mm -hmm. but wow, to be that, you know, he must become greater Mm -hmm. and I must become less. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mm. Hard. Yes. Mm. Yeah, easier to talk about sitting around a table, harder to live out. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the seasons of life are really about laying yourself down and putting yourself aside and picking up your cross. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming up that you won't want to miss. So make sure you follow, subscribe, check in, whatever. Every Monday we have a new episode coming out. So stay tuned. We're excited for more conversations. Toodaloo. Bye. Did you just mute me?